making friends in Ireland, flamenco dancing in Andalusia, and our favorite ways to prepare escarole. This week, we're in Lisbon with Michaela Malazzi. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast and website for foodies. This is where we explore the cuisine of the world on the podcast and at DestinationEatDrink.com. My guest this week is Michaela Malazzi. TV producer and host of the PBS show Bare Feet. Mikel has been on Destination Eat Drink before, but this time it's very different and quite special. Michaela was in Lisbon for a travel conference, and as you may or may not know, I live in Portugal, about 45 minutes from Lisbon. So Michaela and I made plans to have lunch and then record an episode of the show. Now, something you need to know about this particular episode. Normally, I'm sitting in a studio recording, like I'm doing right now, recording this intro. But this time, we're at a restaurant in Lisbon called The Green Affair, and we're sitting outside on the sidewalk next to the street. And you'll be able to hear other diners eating and talking, and there's some traffic noise as well. At one point, a plane even passes overhead. But that's the charm of recording live in public, I guess. Uh, Michaela and I We had a great conversation. We talk about the benefits of going food shopping every day, her trip to Ireland, and returning there and seeing an old friend. Michaela talks about self-care in her go-go-go TV world and putting down the phone when traveling. Plus, Michaela shares how she got into dance and the origin of her nickname, All Pepper. It's a wonderful conversation with myself and Michaela, and I'm starving, so... Let's eat. Destination. Eat, drink. Michaela Malazzi, welcome back to Destination Eat, Drink. You know, this is really exciting for me because you've been on the show multiple times. Mm -hmm. Thank you. But this is the first time we've met face-to-face. It is. So it's really nice to be able to meet you in person and to share a meal with you. It's been wonderful. We, I, I don't think we've even seen each other because every time we do the interviews, it's over. There's no video. Audio only. Oh, audio only. I'm always audio only. Audio only. So it's, it's really wonderful. We're in Lisbon, Portugal. It's kind of amazing. And this is what I love about my job is I have friends randomly around the world, you included. And it was just kind of timing worked out really well. And it turns out we were both in Ireland at the same time, but we didn't, didn't know. know it. <laughs> but I we lo- could have done this. We could have done it in Ireland. A few too. weeks ago. Yeah. No, but this is wonderful. Thank you for having um, me. So we should say where we are because yeah. normally I'm in a studio recording this. Obviously, we're not in a studio. We're in a little cafe here in Lisbon. It's called The Green Affair. Mm-hmm. We had lunch. Delicious. We had dessert. Delicious. Now we're having coffee and tea. So um, how was your meal? It was wonderful. It was really wonderful. This is a vegan restaurant, right? It is. Yeah, full vegan. Um, I, all full disclosure, I don't, I'm not vegan. And the flavors on here were so fresh and everything was very light. And I didn't feel like, oh, this was a vegan meal. It just felt like a delicious, wonderful meal. Not traditional. Um, but what did I have? Couscous, chickpea, um, this amazing avocado mousse with strawberry preserves on top. And what did we have? Oh, a pumpkin soup, puree soup. It was delicious. I, 
you know, a couple of things about your meal. I, I had a uh, tofu wrapped in nori that was really good and a nice focaccia. But I, uh, as, as I saw what you ordered, a couple of things struck me. One was the couscous with chickpeas. Really important to the culture of Portugal and Lisbon because the Moors were here for mm. 400 plus mm-hmm. years. And that's where the couscous and right. the chickpeas come from. Right, right, right. So you've got a really strong Moorish influence right. with your with your dish. And then you had for dessert the avocado puree. And I don't normally think of avocado as a dessert, but I see it in Portugal all the time. Interesting. Uh, first time I encountered it was I had, I think I had some pancakes that had slices of avocado on it. Oh and my I thought, gosh. This is this really good? with honey with honey wow. and i thought how is this going to work surprisingly it worked perfectly Very well. and you enjoyed your dessert too oh wonderful it was wonderful and it's i've only been i've been in portugal less than 24 hours full disclosure to the listeners right now <laughs> my first time in Port- in portugal and it's been really lovely um, so far but it's beautiful it's dry cool day for, it's for wonderful summer. to be outside, isn't it? Is it is amazing to be outside. And we were talking before I turned on the microphones here, and you're in uh, Europe for six weeks on a kind of a working um, working jaunt. Tell me where you're staying again. Where's your home base? You're in Lisbon now. We're in Lisbon now, but where's your home base? So home base is Minturno, where we filmed our pilot episode of Bare Feet over 12 years ago. I remember. No, actually, it's 12 years ago next month. And um, I'm there. That's my home base for these six weeks. Started in Ireland with our Bare Feet tour. Uh, we had 13 passengers come with me to Ireland for 10 days. We have another upcoming tour, same one in October. Um, but if people who want to travel and dance around the world with me. So we, we create these itineraries based on our episodes. And this one was specifically our Ireland episodes, which Ireland is one of my favorite places in the world. In the world to dance, to eat, to make friends. The people are so warm. It's beautiful. Um, and then popping back to Italy. So Italy's home base. And then from there, I went to speak at TBEX, which is the Travel Bloggers Exchange Conference in Marbella, Spain, which was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Wonderful speakers. Beautiful beach town. Every morning, I would wake up and do a couple kilometers walking on the sand and It just put things into perspective in this trip. I think there's a lot happening in the world, a lot that's happened in the past two and a half years of kind of, and we were talking about this when the microphones were off, but really putting into perspective the value of your health, mental health, time off. (laughs) Like I haven't taken a vacation in 10 years, I think. Wow. Um, Because I, I absolutely love my job. But I'm seeing the importance of, of turning off, you know, not posting every day and not not feeling committed to being attached to this little machine that's we hold in our hands. Um, and I want to pursue that more. Not being said, not this is not me saying I'm stopping bare feet at all. That's not what I'm saying. But really being very conscious of my time and energy. And what that means to make the show and to keep it sustainable. Because at some point, if I'm working all the time, my body's going to shut down. My brain's going to shut down and I can't do what I love. You can't kill yourself. Yeah. yeah. But sitting here sharing a meal with you, Michaela, I got to say, you seem very relaxed. Oh, I feel great. Very happy. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's week four of six right now, so that's why. You okay, know, it's been four weeks of living a, a, a beautiful, healthy life in the sense of I feel well rested. I'm eating organic food, not because I'm spending more money. In fact, I'm spending less money because everything is organic uh, in the countries where I'm living and staying. Um, you go to the market. You know, you're living here now in Portugal too. You go to the market every few days because there's no preservatives in the food. So the food goes bad very quickly for good reason. That's what food should do. It should go bad within two days. <laughs> you have to eat it within we, two we, days. We go to the market and we're like, all right, what are we going to have tonight? tonight. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know, not I'm going to go shopping for the week because if you do that, it's a fool's errand. You're going to throw, throw half away your, your stuff money. away. Yeah, you're throwing your money away. So, and it's uh, back home, back in Minturno, I would go to the market and I, my husband's going to laugh when he hears this. I love scarola. We call it scarola, escarol. Love it. Sometimes it's hard to find in the States, depending where you are. And I split my time between Nashville and New York. In Nashville, it's very difficult to find scarola, right? And if you do find it, it's this tiny little bunch. It's maybe the size of a softball. Right. And you're paying $349, $350 right. for a head of escarol. And I always joke when I come home from the supermarket, I'll, ask, I'll tell my husband, it's like the update for the day is how much is the scarola at the store? <laughs> and if I don't get it or if I get it. I go to the market and it's a huge head. I mean, yeah. the size of a pumpkin. Yeah, bigger like, than your own head. Bigger than four times the size of my own head. It's less than two euros. Yeah. And I bought two heads of garlic. All of that was less than two euros. And it's, you know, so you're eating... Organic food, fresh food, no preservatives, and it's affordable food, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful to get out and go to the market every other day and see people and interact with people because you have to ask them about and taste the food and let me try the cherries and let me try the tomato. And so it's this really beautiful reminder of, man, we have to slow down. I'll tell you, I was just talking about this with my brother and I was saying, you know, having this exact conversation, going to the market every other day, picking up the uh, vegetables and fruit that we need. And it's gotten to the point now we have our favorite vendor that we go to. Yeah. And she recognizes us. And now she's she's telling us we're not picking out. She's like, no, get this. No, you don't want that. You want this. Right. And she tossed an extra little uh, handful of cilantro into mm -hmm. our bag. Mm -hmm. And I... I pulled out a euro to pay her, and she, no, 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 no. This is this is just for you. Yeah. Here, here you go. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, Michaela. You mentioned escarole. I'm a big escarole fan myself. But before I say what my favorite recipe is, what do you do with escarole? How do you cook it? So we do simple, simple. I rinse it, cut it. You got to rinse it well because it can be sandy sometimes. Cut it, steam it real quick drain the water, and then I just put olive oil, garlic, and salt, and saute it for a good 10-15 minutes. Okay. And so you use that as a base. So it could be a contorno, right, a side, or you get some fresh bread and put it in a sandwich. Um, oh, so good. Yeah, or if you're making stuffed artichokes. Maybe with some provolone. Pro yeah, or if you are making stuffed artichokes, you use it as like the bed of, like escarole can be used in so many different ways. If we're making chicken soup, at the end of the making the chicken soup, I put in fresh escarole and it just wilts in. So I love it. I mean, it turns into nothing, right? That's the problem. That's why I never buy a small head. For those yeah. who are listening who are not familiar with the leafy green, 
when you cook it, it's literally just like spinach. Yeah, you have there's, to, wa- there's enough water in it that right. it's just going to reduce down to nothing. Nothing, pretty much. So you have to buy a lot of it and cook a lot of it. But I love it just simple, just simmered with garlic. Wait. Now a plane going by. <laughs> <laughs> we got buses. We got plane. This is what happens when yeah. you record outside in Lisbon on the sidewalk. But I think that's the beauty of Italian cooking, right? It's simple ingredients: salt, olive oil, garlic, salt, olive oil, onion, celery, olive oil, salt. You know, like it's very and crushed red pepper. Flakes. And crushed red pepper. <laughs> if you want. But it's very simple. It's very very simple cooking. Um, it's easy to make. It's quick to make. I love putting escarole on like pizza, right? So if you have focaccia and put it on there, oh, with some mortadella. Oh my gosh. So my favorite way to have escarole, Karen's mom made, makes a great recipe of uh, escarole and bean. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. That's like my a, favorite. Like a stew. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so good. We make escarole and beans, we call it. <laughs> exactly. I love Shkarola. <laughs> and my husband is keto. He's also going to hate that I'm talking about this, which drives me crazy. I love you, Paul, but it drives me crazy because beans are not part of the keto diet. Oh, beans are not in that? No. However, on his cheat days, we I love Shkarola and beans. And what I love is you make it a big batch of it and put it in the freezer and you just have plenty of it. So Shkarola and beans. And then we do, my father makes the best Shkarola and pig, pig feet and pig meat. Okay. Yeah. So that's a whole other... And is, is that a soup or is it's that... It's like a stew. Okay. And then you get, you know, like a hearty bread. What I like to do is either like old bread, so it's hard. Day-old bread. Day-old bread. And then you just like sop up the juice right. and let it sit in there, almost like a giant crouton. Oh. <laughs> Delicious. Scatola is like the best. Yeah. The best. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, so I wanted to go back to Ireland for a yeah. second because you just did a trip there. I just came from Ireland, yeah. so it's it's in my brain yeah. as well. Um. Tell me about some of the places you went and some of the food that you enjoyed there. So, oh, the food was, as you know, the food there is just beautiful. I think Ireland always gets underrated. People don't think about the food. Yeah. yeah. They, they think of what it was like Potatoes, 30 years ago yeah. or 50 years yeah. ago. And there, look, there is that. You can go to very touristy spots and get your um, corned beef and cabbage. But hey, I, I, I love brown bread. Yeah. Oh, I, my God. I love brown, brown bread. Brown bread is the best with the curry gold butter. Yeah. Are you kidding? And I, I don't know. I haven't heard people talk about this very much, but I love brown bread and Guinness. <laughs> I don't know why, but those two seem to go together really, really well for some reason. Brown bread in the brown bread with butter. And I love just they make like a I don't know. They make this amazing vegetable soup. It's like a puree. The chowder. Mm-hmm. And that's where chowder comes from is Ireland. You know, when you think of chowder in America, Boston, clam right. chowder. But fish chowder, obviously it comes from Ireland because they brought it with them when they immigrated to the United States. Best fish chowder you'll ever have. Salmon, mussels, clams, everything's in there. It's like this whole mishmash of fish. I love chowders. Um, but we were in Dingle. And Dingle's known as sort of this food town on the west coast of Ireland. It's on the Dingle Peninsula along the Wild Atlantic Way in County Kerry. I can't speak highly enough of Dingle. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Um, and there's the little cheese shop, which we featured in our show. And they carry mostly all Irish cheeses, mm. which has become a big thing now. Um, and they're just delicious. But we went to Dick Max, which is the brewery there. And they have they used to have this coffee stout that I loved. And they mm. stopped making it, but they made a newer one. Um, but they use everything local. So they would get the beans from the local 
um, roaster in Dingle and use it for the coffee stout. But everyone knows each other and it's just like this beautiful little family of restaurants and uh, one of the best spots I went to in this past trip was called Out of the Blue. And it's a fish restaurant. Is this in Dingle as well? In Dingle. And it's what they catch that day. So when they bring you the menu, the menu is this giant chalkboard that they put on a chair next to your table because it's the daily catches. And it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal and beautiful. And if you can get a reservation that day, whenever you get into Dingle, go straight to out of the blue and make your reservation for whatever time they have and eat whatever they have. It's just wonderful. It's a great little town. It's a great. And we ran into some Barefeet fans there. Did you? We did. They were from Long Island. Because, you know, Ireland is a big American destination. Sure. Um, but we ran into a few fans. I'm blanking on their names, but one was a retired. It, uh, she just retired from being a principal in, in Long Island. Oh, nice. So they were on her trip to celebrate her, her retirement. That's awesome. Sweet couple. Very sweet couple. You know, I always say you'll never make friends faster than you will in Ireland, man. Oh, my gosh. True. Go anywhere and all of this, you can pick up a conversation and these people seem like they've known you forever. Forever. They'll just bring you right in on the conversation. Forever. I've, uh, I, when we were in Gal, is it in Gal? Yeah. When we were in Galway with our friends, we went into this little locals bar that was by our Airbnb. This old guy comes out of the bathroom and around the bar where we were sitting and starts serenading my friend's wife with, when I'm 64 by the Beatles. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'll, I'll tell you the story, Michaela. I talked about this with uh, with my friend Rick on the podcast, but I'll tell you because I just thought it was so charming. So he gets, you know, will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? And we're like, clap, clap, clap. Oh, that's a no. Keeps going. He, he he's he's doing all the verses. Oh my god! <laughs> so you know, at uh, about two and a half minutes in, we're like, uh, "Yeah, okay." That's so funny. <laughs> but it was wonderful, and it was just a charming, charming thing that happened while we well, were there. Well, it's it's funny that you say it's so true. You make friends in Ireland. If you haven't made a friend in Ireland, you didn't go. You didn't properly like give your energy to the place. It's so easy to make friends. And here's a perfect example. We were in Ennis Diamond with the, with the group um, to do a set dancing lesson. And my husband and I, our very first time I went to Ireland was our honeymoon back in 2011. Mm-hmm. Middle of December, middle of the winter, dead of winter. So everything was closed. We were trying to get to the Cliffs of Moher that morning. We decided, and this was before they built that whole visitor center. We get there. We get to the Cliffs of Moher and he opens the door and he's flies onto the roof of the car because the wind was so bad. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, get back in the car. We're going to be thrown off the cliff. <laughs> so we drive back down and we're like, we're going to stay the night and try and go in the morning. So we go to the Falls Hotel, which is one of the only hotels. It's the only hotel in Ennis Diamond. And there's a tiny little pub. And I'm blanking on the name right now, but it's a, it's a tiny little pub and it's yellow on the outside, right down the street. We walk in. No one's in there except the barman, the, the bartender. This was uh, 11 years ago because we're celebrating our 11th anniversary in August. And we had the best night together. It was me, my husband, and his name is Kevin. And we spent, we closed out the bar, just the three of us. He let my husband pour his own Guinness. He taught him how to pour his Guinness. And then at some point, a farmer from Lahinch comes in. And 
we couldn't understand a word he was yeah, saying. Yeah, right. So Kevin was our translator. <laughs> Where are the subtitles? Right. Kevin was our translator. He was a carry man. Here we are. It's County Clare. This man, this this farmer was drinking, you know, whiskey straight one after another. And we were just having the time of our lives. So here we are a few weeks ago. And I'm in Ennis Diamond. And we go into the bar. And there's a woman who was uh, bartending. And I said, does there happen to be a man named Kevin? Does he still work here? And she goes... Does he have blondish hair? I said, yeah. He was a bartender when my husband and I were here in December. I told her the story. So she took a picture of me, and I'm holding my beer, and she texted him. And he wrote back, she still has the ring. They're still married. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was holding my wedding ring. Next thing you know, in walks Kevin oh, into man. the pub. We're hugging. He remembered us. I'm sending pictures to my husband. The whole crew, the whole Team, you know the the group of passengers was like oh my gosh I cannot believe this we made we were friends we became friends then sure. this was one random night you yeah. know and it was 11 just years 11 ago. years ago and it was wonderful to see him it was so sweet he's a grandfather now he was telling us his granddaughter that he was watching her oh my goodness and it was just like that's Ireland you know that's that's Ireland I, I I think I think that's true Mikella I think you put your finger on I mean I don't know I've heard a better that's Ireland's story than that one. It is. And it brought me so much joy. And my husband, too, was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you found him. I can't believe he's there. And it was just it. Everything about Ireland was that in that in that moment. So you're also you also spent some time in Spain. Oh, yeah. While you were here. Yeah. Um, Andalusia. Is that right? I was in Andalusia uh, in Marbella, Spain for Tbex. Incredible food. Um, obviously incredible dancing there was flamenco oh yes uh, which I adore and I have to give a shout out to Ainoa Ainoa was uh, she works for the tourism board there and she's a wonderful flamenco dancer she got up on stage too and did Sevillanos it was really wonderful to see her she just let her hair down and just really went did all the out. thing yeah so we call we by the end of the trip and we were only there for a few days but this is the thing about making friends when you travel we were calling each other Antonia because apparently in Andalusia in that area you call friends Antonia Antonia so Antonia if you hear this you're <laughs> an amazing dancer and it was just beautiful I know she was just wonderful um incredible part of the world 10 30 the sun was still setting yes it really screws with your head yeah. because you go out for dinner you go for drinks it's still light out you're like oh it's still early it's not still early, <laughs> but you're having the time of your life. And it's, um, it, it, it is a wonderful culture of enjoying a meal together. As you know, when you book a table, they only book one table a night. They do this in Italy too. Um, Here in Portugal as well. Exactly. You book it for the night because no one's rushing you out to have to fill the seats again. When you come and have a meal, you eat the meal, but you enjoy the company and you stay the entire evening. It's a whole experience. And um, again, like I said, this trip has been pretty transformational for me as a reminder of like, wow, I need to do that again. And also, as a professional, I'm doing air quotes as I say this, as a professional traveler, you start to forget why you started traveling to begin with. And this was a nice reminder of, oh, this is why I, I do what I do, because it's incredible you meet the most amazing people. You're eating the most amazing food. You're, I'm dancing all these wonderful dances without having to capture it for anybody else except in my own brain. Like I don't, I didn't need to have my phone out 
you know I was here just to have that experience this is a question that I like to ask folks like yourself and other folks who are I'll use your air quotes again who are professional travelers which is are you able to go and enjoy travel just as a relaxing pastime or does that part of your brain always in the back of it somewhere are you thinking oh this would make a cool episode oh how would I how would I fit this into a show yeah I think it's a little bit of both and for me you know if I was like a if I had to create content for Instagram or for social media I think it would be much harder to turn that off because my means of creating that content is so easy, right? You use your phone. As an Instagrammer, most people just use their phone. to. They have to constantly keep stories on, and they have to constantly... Their posts are pieces of photography. For me, I love analyzing and saying, okay, how can we do a show here? But it is such a process for me to then... Okay, I don't just show, and I get questions asked like this all the time from fans. Like, do you just show up and you, you film? <laughs> it's like, no, we do. I do a lot of research. We work with the local tourism boards. We, I'm speaking with these groups ahead of time. It doesn't just happen. It's a ton of work. A ton of work. Most of the, what you see is only about, it's like an iceberg. You only see 10%. The rest of it is all the work that goes behind it. So I feel lucky that my means of telling of storytelling isn't through my phone because if it was I think it'd be much harder to shut off because I would be always tempted to capture now when we were in Marbella in Andalusia I've already filmed two episodes in Andalusia I filmed in Sevilla and Utrera so I felt even more at ease because I've already there's filmed. no pressure there was no pressure at all I've already filmed there uh, which I love those episodes. They're beautiful. I'm very proud of them. Not that I'm saying I'll never do flamenco again, but I've, I was there to enjoy Andalusia. I was there to enjoy the dancing. It, everyone was, it was so funny. It was the closing night party at Tbex, and I just watched and I felt like I love being in the moment. And when I'm filming, again, I never am filming myself. I have a crew that does it for me. So I'm never tempted to pick up my phone and film because I know there's someone capturing it for me. I, that's very, um, how do I say this? I, I know that's a privilege. That's a huge privilege. But when I'm by myself, I also just want to have that experience. Even I don't care that no one's filming me. I just want to watch these beautiful flamenco dancers. I don't want to watch them on a four-inch screen. Yeah, right. They're four feet in front of me, Right. Like, why? Again, be in the moment. Be in the moment. Are you actually going to go back and watch that video? Probably not. I want to feel it, and I want to clap with them, and I want to stomp with them, and I want to see them sweating, and, like, I, that's what I want. And so there is this culture of, if I don't post it on Instagram, did it really happen? Right. And guess what? I haven't posted. I've posted some stories about our Bare Feet tour because that's part of my work, right? It, the Bare Feet Tour is something I created. But I haven't posted anything about Spain. I haven't posted anything about Italy. And I haven't posted anything about Portugal yet. Maybe when this, <laughs> maybe when this uh, episode comes out, it'll, it'll be a later post. But that means, think about it, that means none of it has happened for anybody else except for me. Right. Which I'm okay with. 
I don't, I don't feel obligated to share anything about what I'm doing in my personal life or even for necessarily for work until I want to, until I need to. Um, again, another free, like we feel, I feel like we are very much attached to having this idea of, I have to share it or else it didn't really happen. And it did. I'm, I mean, I'm having the best summer of my life. And no one knows. It's great. <laughs> Except you Except, and your husband. Well, he's not here. But I'm sure you're... He know, oh, yeah. I tell him all the time. I'm sending him photos left and right. And, of course, he's jealous. <laughs> but, um, but it makes it... I'm not spending my time responding. And, again, I so appreciate all the fans and... Um, the friendships that I have through social media, but I'm not spending that time scrolling through and seeing how many people are liking or responding to people because I'm actually spending more time going to the market and spending time with my family and go wandering through the streets of Sintra and Portugal and all of these things that I would otherwise have been real life. Yeah. This is real life. Yeah. You know, Michaela, I was thinking I've had you on the show a bunch of times and I don't think I ever asked you how you got into dance in the first place. Oh, wow. I don't think I ever asked that of you. I, so when I was a kid, I was three years old. I, I've always danced since I was a little kid. And when you see me on the show and I eat and I'm like doing my little happy dance, I've been doing that since I was a child. Like <laughs> I love food. I love food. And I will do it. Even my crew, like we're filming and we're not filming our lunches and I'm sitting there like dancing like you, you don't have to do that the camera's off I was like no this is why I yeah. do it on camera because this, this is me this is just me um so when I was three or four uh I was the flower girl for like five different weddings one year and I was real little and because I was like the youngest cousin and um this was back in the 80s where they had big hoop dresses for the flower girl <laughs> and um I, the second we got to the party and the band started or the DJ started, I was on the dance floor till the very last note. And one of my uncles called me tutto pepe, which means all pepper in Italian, tutto pepe. And it just kind of stuck. And my parents started signing me up for dance classes because they saw that I loved dancing. And it kind of just kind of grew from there. But I love, I can't sit still. I think... I'm sure I would have been diagnosed with like ADD or something if I was like, if I grew up now. But dance gave me structure. Dance gave me discipline. Dance gave me this calm because I come from a crazy Italian family. And it really was this place for me to concentrate on and turn inward on my body. And if you watch the show, there are moments and we have to edit it to make it shorter. But in real time, you see me really hone in on what's happening that's how I'm able to, to pick up the dances so quickly but dance gave me that it gave me this focus in life um, so when I feel very chaotic and I feel like the you know if I'm overwhelmed with work I go take a dance class because that's my therapy and I don't have to think about anything else in the world except for where does my body need to be right now what do I need to do and I think that's very important to find it's my meditation I can't meditate I get fidgety 
but dance is my meditation. So what if that's running or cycling or sewing or knitting or whatever, bird watching, whatever your meditation is, find something that really brings you peace, but it also brings me excitement like you see in my show. Like I am like a kid in a candy store when I am dancing with people. I just want more and more and more and more. But it's this extreme focus that dance gives me. And it, I think when I'm with someone... I give them 150% of my attention and they see that. And it's, I've, I've always fallen in love with that, that feeling that I get, that dance has given to me, that sense of focus, but that sense of connection. And I don't know how, I can't do it any other way. I've never felt that close with people, especially people I just meet in any other capacity. Even, even sharing a meal, for me, it's this way of, we're in sync. Our bodies are in sync. We're moving to rhythm together. That's why it's very difficult for me to dance with people who don't know how to dance. It, let's say I take a, if I'm salsa dancing and someone asks me to dance, I'll always dance with anyone, but if someone asks me to dance and they're just learning, it's very difficult for me to dance with them because I'm reading off of their body energy. And if they're still learning, then I'm fidgeting because I'm reading their body. But if I'm with someone who, this is what they do. I fall right into it, and it, it, it's this immediate connection. But did I answer your question? I, I think I think so because at the end of the day, isn't that what we're all looking yeah, for? Connection. Is, is some kind of connection. Yeah. And one of the best ways to do it is through different cultures, right? We learn so much by making that connection, and I think I think that's why you and I get along well is because you can do that through dance. You can do that through food. You can do that through all kinds of artistic expressions. So many. Your husband, I'm sure, does it through music. So there's all these different ways to do it. And I'm really glad that we got to do it today. I know, I know. Here in, here in Lisbon. I mean, it's to me, it's kind of mind-blowing in a way. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm from Chicago. You're from New York. And here we are sitting in Lisbon um, enjoying a meal together and, and talking. So thank you for making the time. And... It's been great having you on the podcast Obrigada. Thank Obrigado. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. I'm telling you, every time I have Mikel on the show, it makes me so happy because she just radiates this positive energy and it's hard not to get taken in by that. And being with her in person made it even better. Now, Michaela has a new season of her TV show, Bare Feet, debuting shortly and we'll have her back on the show to talk about that in just a few weeks. And if you're a Barefeet fan like I am, I can tell you I've seen some of the new season and it's really great. So we've got that to look forward to. I've got links to McKella's website in the show notes. You can get that at radiomisfits.com slash DED188. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, we're in Nova Scotia, Canada for wild blueberries, amazing cheese, and a crazy ice cream flavor. Don't miss that. Until then, Destination Eat Drink is open for business. I just posted a story about this amazing place in Portugal called the Santa Margarita Cave. Get that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. And if you've enjoyed the show, do me a favor, rate and review us on your podcast app. And a big thank you to you for 
that. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and a guy who's perfecting a scotch and scroll recipe, Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. 